Fantasy Focus Football is presented by GEICO. Insurance can be hard. That's why GEICO makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to GEICO. Happy December. It's Friday, December 1st. Field Yates and Stefania Bell here. Good morning to you, Stefania. Good morning, Phil. Can you believe we've made it to December? We have five weeks left after this, the NFL regular season. Where did the time go? It's both... Weird and uh, surprising that there's five weeks left because it feels like it's been long. Yeah. Like judging from my fatigue rate Uh, as the season goes on. But yet I was like, there's still five weeks. There's still five weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And for those that grind it out all the way through the playoffs, there's still another five weeks after that. Your Mm -hmm. fatigue is not showing for the record at all, Stefania. You continue to power along like you are a well oiled machine. I'm a little bit tired because uh, I got to keep up with the Mike Clay darts that he's throwing outside the podcast. Explain. Because, uh, you know, game of the century. Yeah. Pretty much happening. Maybe of of the universe. Eternity. And that being the 49ers at the Eagles, I think he's salty because the 49ers are favored. Ah, Kyle Shanahan said he road. does not understand how that works. Oh. He, he, he is surprised they're yeah. favored. I like that we're staying humble. Uh, Mike Clay, not so much. Do you have a wager with Mike Clay? Uh, not yet. Okay, that has to be determined, and I'm <laughs> saying this right now. A wager between your 49ers and Mike Clay's Eagles must be determined by the start of fantasy football now, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Deal. time on ESPN2. Deal. There you have it. Uh, we've got a lot to get to, into, including a very, very fun Thursday night football game between the Cowboys and the Seahawks last night. But, of course, with Stefania here, we need the updated latest on injuries around the NFL. And we start all the way out in Los Angeles, Stefania. The Chargers have no receivers besides Keenan Allen. Are they going to have <laughs> Keenan Allen this week, though? And also, a guy who plays through injury on the regular. We yeah. already saw that he had an AC sprain that he has played through. Now he's dealing with a quad injury. And, you know, after last year's hamstring issue, which cost him multiple weeks, you would not expect him to do anything that could potentially set him back. But here's the good news. Even mm. though he hasn't been practicing, been working out on the side, yep. in short, running, sounds like they're feeling pretty positive about his availability. We're recording this Friday morning, so yeah. Friday practice will be a big deal. But it sounds uh, very positive for Keenan Allen. They so travel far. across the country to New England. Of course, they would have to rule him out if he does not get yeah, on the plane. We'll have clarity by Sunday morning, I would think. But Keenan Allen, definitely a gamer. If he's unavailable, good luck. I don't tell you. Maybe Jalen Guyton, if you're feeling super frisky, will address that on Fantasy Football Now on Sunday. Tank Dalstavania popped up on the injury report on Wednesday. What's going on with him and that calf? Dealing with a calf strain. Now, yeah. They did uh, put him through imaging. It sounds like they think it's minor. D'Amico Ryan sounded optimistic, hopeful that they would have him available this week. He's had five touchdowns in the last four games. Kind of important. And remember, they've been without Noah Brown for two games because he, too, has been dealing with an injury. And it sounds like they're maybe a little bit uh, hopeful that they could get Noah Brown as well. Uh, Do you realize that they only have had all four of their receivers, if we include Robert Woods in the mix? Yeah. In week one. Week one, that's it, huh? Week one. And at that point, that group of four receivers was not what we think it can be right now. So it has been a a lot of success, despite a lot of absences over the past month and a half for C.J. Stroud. Good news there on Tank Dell. Uh, Sounds like Dalton Schultz is going to be very iffy for this one on Sunday. Yeah, he's the one I I think is most questionable. I've said this several times. I'll say it again on this podcast. Uh, D'Amico Ryans is a, if you don't practice, you don't typically play kind of guy. He's the anti-Pete Carroll. So if a guy misses all three practices during the week, you can all but rule him out. If he misses his, if he misses two out of three, still makes me a little bit nervous. Let's go to New Orleans, Stefania, where they are very thin. They're like the Chargers. They're the Spider-Man meme right now. <laughs> Who is available amongst their wide receivers? Because both Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid have been on the injury report this week. What do we know? We know that Chris Olave is in the concussion protocol, but the good news for him is that he was participating even in individual drills on Wednesday. So early signs of him being out on the field, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday, obviously would need to move through the five phases of the concussion protocol and also get the uh, INC clearance if he were to be eligible to return. So we'll be following that potentially up through Saturday. And then Raheed Shahid has a quad injury left in the second quarter. Does not sound good for him. Have not seen hide nor hair from him at practice this week. Who's going to catch passes? It might not be a wide receiver. I mean, there's A.T. Perry, yeah. who's had a couple big plays. Yep. But 
It could be Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson. We'll yeah. talk about him more on the, yeah. later on in the show. And Michael like, Thomas out on IR. So, yeah, yeah as you mentioned, uh, but there are two tight ends, Taysom Hill and Juwan Johnson might be more interesting. Uh, Marquez Callaway also yeah. added to the practice squad recently. <laughs> a blast from the past. We could have Marquez Callaway and, and Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, Graham making strides for the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. We go to Arizona, Stefania, where yesterday we got news that Zach Ertz was granted his release after he requested it. And that was not the only tight end news out there in the desert. As Trey McBride also dealing with an injury, what's going on with he and Hollywood Brown? Yeah, Trey McBride has a groin injury, and this one is a little bit concerning. Didn't practice Wednesday, limited mm-hmm. on Thursday. Uh, obviously, he's been a big factor in, in the uh, passing game, which is why they felt so comfortable moving on from Zach Ertz. But keep in mind the Cardinals are one of the remaining two teams that has not had their bye yet, and they have it in week 14. So... I wouldn't be surprised with a soft tissue injury to somebody who's important to them that they may end up holding him out this week. Hollywood Brown played through the heel injury that he was dealing with last week and had the most targets he's had all year, like finally looking like he and his his buddy, Kyler Murray, are yeah. getting back in sync. So I, I'm not as worried about him. Even though he didn't practice listed as a DNP, I think he'll end up playing. You pay attention to this stuff a lot more than I do. I know that reporters did not see Trey McBride, but he ended up registering a limited participation practice. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, reportedly did something in drills. I think, you know, when people don't see him, it's hard to judge, like, how engaged were they? Because as we've talked about, limited can be like two or three things that you do or sure. limited can be 75% of the practice. Right. Yeah. There's uh, quite a wide range there for a limited practice in the NFL. Uh, Monday night football makes things complicated to especially when you're a star like Travis Etienne. what's going on with him. It was originally called a chest injury. Then okay. it was later changed to a rib injury and he's been called day to day, but he did play through this. So that that's one good sign was he was able to play through it. The fact that they get an extra day on Monday, we really only have that Thursday report. Cause as you mentioned, it's Monday night game limited, but, I, it, it sounds like the team feels pretty good about his status for Monday night. Also limited. Is that correct? Is that what you yes, said? Okay. Yes. Another one where, again, I, I'm not, not trying to begrudge the reporters, but uh, this was one where he was not spotted right. by the reporters at practice. So when that's the case, it leaves some open for interpretation of just how limited the player was or was not. But, but I that's think good what context. You, can, you can take away is when, when he, the fact that he continued and played through it doesn't yep. mean they're concerned. Some rib injuries, they're very concerned about the potential for further injury. Does not sound like that's a worry here so it's a pain tolerance issue makes you feel much better about his chances in the interest of time we'll table it for now because it sounds like etn has a real shot of playing but if if that turns for the worse and we have to discuss the jaguars on fantasy football now do not forget the name dearness johnson who could (laughs) give it a go uh, for jacksonville on monday night aaron jones stefania the packers are very banged up in that running back room but he's the one that matters the most for fantasy purposes how healthy or unhealthy is he right now I just don't think we're going to see Aaron Jones this week. This is the MCL sprain on his left knee. And it really, it's the whole picture, right? Because he had this hamstring injury that cost him multiple weeks when he injured his knee. We saw him leave on a cart. He looked devastated. He thought he'd torn his ACL. The fact that it was a more mild injury is terrific news for him, but it doesn't mean you're going to get him back quickly. And we looked back at at earlier in the pod uh, earlier in the week at the fact that he dealt with MCL injuries before and he's come back fairly quickly. Well, those have been to his right knee and also wasn't in the same knee following so this one's his left following a hamstring injury that cost him multiple games so mm. i think they're going to be careful with him it just yeah. doesn't feel like he's headed back a this no- week yeah a notoriously conservative team on the medical front as well which is a good thing by the way for the players well-being uh and aj Dillon, he sounds like he's going to be good to go he's been well, playing through it yeah but... he's playing through it like he's not 100 yeah. percent, and uh that's not that's not helping the production but volume wise i think he'll be the guy and as we likely. know with, with aj Dillon, you have to temper expectations because right. he's had a lot of opportunities to fill in as the guy for aaron jones it has not really mounted to much at all for fantasy purposes. Back-to-back games filling in for Jones under 12 fantasy points for A.J. Dillon. So have you thought at all in the past like nine minutes about what you want to wager with Mike for the game? Like, do you have anything that you would really desire from Mike? So the last time Mike and I watched a game together and had a wager going. Oh, I remember this one. My quarterback left with a UCL tear. His elbow exploded. Yeah, Mm. and then became the entire offseason of wondering if Brock Purdy would be back. So... Um, I don't know if I trust Mike Clay. Okay, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm just get, you know? Mike has a pretty nice car. <laughs> I would consider wagering, like maybe not just like trading cars, but like a month of a trade of a car. No, That's I, reasonable. I like the food wagers. Okay, food, food wagers. Okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah, but Mike likes yogurt with granola uh, in it. So I know. So I know. that's an easy. 
I mean, I could you just might get win it. that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike, I'll buy you six Chobanis <laughs> and a bag of Bears Valley granola, exactly. and you get me, uh, you know, a Chardonnay. And I'll, but I'll take a case of nice wine. There you go. Okay, Not a case Philly. of nice wine. You uh, have to go to my hometown <laughs> and yeah. get the wine. Great there stuff as be. always from Stefania Bell. More to come on Thursday night football in just a moment here on Fantasy Focus. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be. And go to G-E-I-C-O. That's right, geico.com. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, and just before you got on the stage here, Mike, Stefania Bell was trying to make a bet for Sunday afternoon, your Eagles and your 49ers. Have you crafted any ideas of what you want to bet her? I mean, you know I like that yogurt. Like, dude, like you have an opportunity to potentially get something legitimate from her. No, I, I think that... Uh, Do you have a favorite yeah. restaurant locally? I have to think about it. We could find a place. Like a sushi bag? is right here. So, uh, yeah. yeah, like a place in uh, West Hartford or something. Okay. We'll, yeah, something we'll nice. Hey, some that great West, restaurants. That but. West Hartford scene, Hartford has it. Slash West Hartford also oh, has it. it. Pretty yeah, good we'll, food we'll, scene there. We'll, so. I have to think about it a little more. Okay. Um, but we'll come up with something. Yeah, All I'm right, ready. I like food, so this should be easy. All right, Mike. Well, uh, you're going to need some. You might have, hopefully, you fueled up on some food prior to this because we got a packed show ahead here. And we start with. A great Thursday night football game. Yeah, we one did, of the yeah. best of the season as the Cowboys. Hold on, flag on the play. <laughs> Very appropriate there for Mike. Yes, I know. There were uh it felt like about 30 penalties tonight. That's not necessarily an exaggeration. The Cowboys no. 41 to 35 in a game that was far more offensive than we would have imagined. Uh-huh. Let's get to the easy stuff first. As Dak Prescott continues his heater, Mike, 28.6 fantasy points. He's got 28 plus points in five of his past six games. Unreal. Quarterback won for a reason this week. He paid off. And CeeDee Lamb, just some ridiculousness for CeeDee Lamb. Check this out. Over the past six games, CeeDee Lamb has seven receiving touchdowns. That number is awesome. Wow. How about the target count in those six games? You ready for it? Let's hear it. 14. 16, 14, 9, 9, and 17. That's unreal. The Cowboys' strategy right now is pretty straightforward. Get their best players the football, and it's working to an incredible effect right now. That's like peak Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers sort of usage, maybe above that. It it Uh, is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to rank him. The only reason we don't rank him number one every week is because of Tyreek Hill. Hill. That's it. I mean, he is right up there. And what's incredible about it is the first month of the season was not good at all. For I don't, this offense, so it did not look good. It didn't look good for C.D. Lamb, uh, but they fixed it, yeah. and he's good to go. I mean, he's he's a superstar. We thought he would be. It took a little time even for his career to get going. Yep. Uh, I remember, like, I think it was year two. You were really hot on his tail that year. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't. Too like, early. He just he just didn't. Yeah, wasn't yeah. there yet. But you knew what you were talking about because he's a real deal. He's an unbelievable talent, and the Cowboys have maximized him. I got to give a huge shout out to Mike McCarthy. One of the Absolutely. like the, the coaches that gets the most heat, despite the fact yeah. he's a Super Bowl winning head coach, by the way. But there's always like this tone surrounding Mike McCarthy that, first of all, us in the media or the fans know more than he does or that he, his offenses don't achieve. I get it. They have to win big in the playoffs. I'm not naive to that, people. But Mike McCarthy's done an incredible job as the play caller for the Cowboys. They are better than ever right now mm-hmm. with Dak Prescott under center. And no I thought about Brandon Cooks, Mike, because I know that you, who's always so calculated with how you project players, probably have a different outlook on Brandon Cooks than some would, right? Four targets again last night. And yet he mm-hmm. turned that into four catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. I've decided the category that Brandon Cooks belongs in because we are in this time of the year. If you're playing somebody and you're the underdog and you have Brandon Cooks available, he's the upside play. Mm-hmm. Now, he could get you four targets that turn into one catch for 14 yards and zero touchdowns, but that's the role of the dice that you were playing when you have Brandon Cooks in your yeah, lineup. Yeah, to some extent, but also the last, what, six weeks, he's been pretty good. Yeah. You know, he's been producing. The targets have been a little bit up and down, but the offense is playing so well. They're scoring so many touchdowns, and his target share has kind of increased from where it was in the first six weeks of the season. So up, yeah. I feel more com- comfortable with him as a wide receiver three or flex than I have 
all season long. It just it was a slow start. He's been good since then. You held the fort, Mike, on Antonio Pollard. You said he's going to find mm-hmm. his way eventually, and he has. You said at some point he's going to have a five touchdown and four game stretch. So America, we're close. Get ready for this next yeah. Sunday night. Tony Pollard will score two, two touchdowns, touchdowns against it. Mike's <laughs> Eagles as he has a touchdown Uh-oh. in three oh, no. straight games. He had twenty three total touches last night. The volume was never the problem. The efficiency still isn't great, Mike, but he keeps scoring touchdowns. And with that kind of volume, he's going to find himself in the top ten of our wide receiver running back rankings mm-hmm. weekly. And Jake Ferguson scores his fourth touchdown in the past six games. Let me say this about Jake Ferguson. Aside from the usage, what a good football player he is. Yeah. He's really good. And the Cowboys just continue to nail the draft so well. Absolutely. He was just a perfect fit. Don't pay Dalton Schultz. Replace him with Jake Ferguson. He was a fourth rounder last year and it's worked out great. Just a guy we probably didn't give quite enough love to in the offseason because he wasn't a finished product, but they keep doing this at the tight end position in Dallas. So it was it Blake Jarwin there for for a little while, too. They just continue to file guys in. So, yeah, five and a half targets per game and five touchdowns in 12 games. If you can get that out of a back end tight end one, you're happy with it. By the way, uh, fourth and fifth round picks last year for the Cowboys included Jake Ferguson. And Deron Bland, who I know mm. was toasted like a piece of I mean, toast last night. Yeah, but yeah, he had a pick later to happens. make up for it. Uh, the best corners in the NFL will have games like that. It's yeah, fine. They will. Uh, I do apologize to America. I was down on Geno Smith going into the game yesterday. I was like, I wouldn't start Geno Smith. Can you, under, can you start a guy who had under seven and a half fantasy points in two of his past four games? Nope. Well, apparently so, because he had nearly 30 fantasy points last night. Is this a sign of things to come in your opinion, I don't Mike? Think so. He has three games with 20 plus points this year, yeah. and they're all scattered out. It's not like three of his last four and he's back it was like a week four and week 11 and now a week uh or not week yep. not, whatever week 13 so um i guess he has had a couple in the last month but not enough for me to dive in he hasn't reached 16 in any other game this yeah. year he's averaging right around 10 fantasy points per game and his next two opponents one is good one is bad one's the 49ers that's okay. next and then it's the eagles that's the game that was flexed to monday night football know, so uh, maybe that one we like him as a streamer yep certainly we like brock purdy this week against philly but uh, we're not starting him next week against the niners part of the reason why he was so good last night is to Kalen metcalf How about had a that? monster game uh, we had this conversation yesterday uh, tyler fulgham filled in of course your best friend tyler right. and we just like we, we boiled this down to a very reductive thought if you have DK Metcalf, and I said I hate giving this analysis because it's so simple, but like you just play the guy, right? Because of if course. DK goes yeah. off and you instead played, I use Zay Jones as the example, you would feel sick to your stomach for a month as opposed to playing Zay Jones and him having a reasonable game and DK having a quiet night. Yeah, I mean, and Metcalf may be a little down at times this year, but if you look close at his snaps and targets and even his fantasy output, you're like, he's been fine. It's not like he he's yet to get to that point where he's like a top five receiver every every week. Yeah. But he's just been like a good wide receiver, too, every week. You know, he either scores a touchdown or has 70 yards. I, I know I use that stat uh, like six, eight, six to eight weeks into the season. Yeah. And then this is the upside that he gives you. I mean, when he caught that pass and then just like he didn't just coast to the end zone. He went as he ran as fast as he could. And at that size, wow. to be running that fast, you're just like, man, this guy is on another planet. As a matter of fact, per next gen stats, that was the fastest ball carry this entire season. Really? His I was first wondering about that. Yep, 22.23 miles Do you think per that hour. Was his goal? Do you think that, that's Probably. what he's thinking about? I'm yeah. going to hit that. Yeah. Uh, Pulse, uh, you have we want to add on that one? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give you we're down to eight teams. Yeah. I benched DK Matt half last night. Oh, no. my God. Well, you probably have like, who are your other receivers? It's uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I'm starting Christian Kirk or Deontay Johnson. So it was Ooh, a tough call okay. between the three of them. All right. Fair enough. Well, the Cowboys, but you know yeah. something, Pulse? If you're out of that guillotine league next week, we now know why. Yep. Uh, yeah. By the way, Pulse and I are playing each other in our Fantasy Focus Show League. And I woke up this morning and I, I, I certainly checked my scores during the game, but I just was just going through them and just like taking a full pulse of them. And I was like, wait, I thought DK had over 37. How do I have only 34 points? Cowboys I started the Cowboys defense, defense oh, and they had negative no. three. Oh, uh, the Cowboys defense might be an interesting oh. conversation in the next few weeks when they play very good offenses yeah, because right. there are some pretty gnarly splits for them when they play actual offenses mm-hmm. versus pumpkins like the Patriots and the Giants. We talk about this every Sunday that uh, we do defenses on yeah. FF now. I am very aggressive with ranking defenses, very matchup yep. oriented. It's totally. a mix of both, almost 50-50. So, or maybe more. Maybe it's more about the matchup, right? Yeah. It just it's the nature of the beast. I think that's the way you got to do it. I mean, just look at how we picked on the Giants and Jets and all sure. these teams, and it works out totally. almost every time. Uh, keep your eyes on Zach Charbonnet. He got hurt very, very late in the game. Uh, he ended up having a good night. He had a good night prior to that, I should sure, say, though. Yeah. He uh, found the end zone, 19 carries for 60 yards, so bad efficiency, but he had a catch for 39 yards as well, so good for 16.9 fantasy points. First career touchdown, and uh, his opportunities, so carries plus targets in his three games. I mean, 
Walker went down early in that one game, so it's really been three games as the lead back, 21, 18, and 21. So if Walker misses another game and Charbonnet's okay, he's certainly going to be a guy you're starting. DJ Dallas will be a popular name on waivers sure early will. in the week unless yeah. Pete Carroll comes out and tells us that he is going to be fine, meaning Zach Charbonnet. Or uh, Kenneth Walker III, but both of those guys currently on the mend. Uh, DJ Dallas had just one total opportunity last night. Big win for the Cowboys. They are 9-3. and three. Dak Prescott squarely in the mix for the NFL's MVP. Coming up next, we preview the massive 49ers-Eagles showdown. Stay tuned here on Fantasy Focus. All right, back here now on Fantasy Focus. Mike Clay, Field Yates, Kevin Pulse for hanging out with you to get you ready for Week 13. 49ers-Eagles, maybe the game of the week in real life. Maybe the game of the week in fantasy purposes, for fantasy purposes as well, Mike. Well, I would say one of the most anticipated of the season, honestly, oh, with uh, all. Yeah. You think these yeah. two teams like each other? No. No. These two no. teams, it's very personal between these two teams. The Eagles feel like they are disrespected because the 49ers think that they would have won that game if mm-hmm. Brock Purdy had stayed healthy in the NFC Championship game last year. Uh, I think both team both teams uh, share very little love uh, for the other. Makes this game very exciting on oh, yeah. uh, Sunday. Playoff vibes. Uh, quick week. question for you, Mike, before we get into this any further. Uh, I grew up in Massachusetts, so I was, I was used to this with the Patriots growing up. Um, the Eagles will never play a one o'clock game ever again, will they? Uh, not anytime soon. You mentioned no, the flex no, I mean, Monday night flex, but it's yeah, like, this not, is, I remember growing up. I'm like, hey, what time are the Pats on? Um, I knew Pat's like eight twenty something night, uh, Monday night yeah, football, yeah, yeah. Oh, Thursday night football. every single game was, was not at 1 PM. Look, as long as Howie's a GM, they're going to have a good, good roster every totally. year. It's yeah, unreal. They just, yeah. just continue to, yeah, good. Yeah. Good call. So you may uh, have, yeah. uh, you tipped your hand a little bit here earlier and saying that you can play Brock Purdy, but you feel pretty good about him against the Eagles. I do. Yeah. I mean, I know he had a dud last week, but yeah. if you look at the two games before that coming off the bye, 23 and 26 points, that was five games with 20 plus points, uh, this year. And uh, it, look, the Eagles are not a bad defense against the pass. I mean, we know they're elite against the run. They're not bad against the pass. And look, you look at their efficiency, like yards per target, all those kind of all things. All fine, right? It's like good, actually. It's in the better, uh, best, you know, top 10 in the league. Okay. The problem is they're, they have one loss. No one has two losses. The next best team is three. I mean, they're winning all the time for the most part. But they're but, a bad first half team. Yeah, but... So they're, they're not still, not like I mean, but teams are still throwing on them, but you can't okay. run on them on top of that. So there's a couple things. They're ahead often... And they, you can't run on them. So teams just attack them through the air. And that's going to be what the Niners are going to do. You think They're so? Like, even with Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I like, uh, yeah, I actually like the under on his carry. So that's one of my, What's his, the, uh, the, the betting playbook. What under is the number? 17 and a half. Ooh, Only okay. one running under. back has gotten 18 against him this year. So that's just that. Uh, that was, I am totally drawing a blank. Who is it? Okay. Um, I can't, I can't, I'll have, to, I'll have to check. But anyway, um, so, oh, Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, second most fantasy points and 23 passing touchdowns, second most to quarterbacks this season. So it's a good spot for Purdy. He's just going to be throwing more than usual. They are favorited, yes, but it should be a competitive game. Uh, he's quarterback four for you, quarterback six for me. So, mm-hmm. of course, I have my confidence here in Brock Stream Purdy. Him. Quarterbacks that are unavailable this week include, of course, Lamar Jackson. It doesn't really matter about something like you know, Aiden O'Connell is not available this oh, week. Darn. Sorry. Uh, who else am I missing here? Uh, Josh Allen, obviously not available this week. Oh, yeah. That's a significant mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, obviously no Joe Burr because of injury. Who am I forgetting? Uh, there are a couple others as well. But the point is that quarterbacks are compromised this week because of those 16 that are by no Tommy DeVito right now this week, which obviously the way he's played recently makes things <laughs> well, that's more the complicated. One, like, no it, Justin Fields, when, no Josh Dobbs. When it comes to defense, like uh, we like to stream against the Giants. Yes. We can't do that this week. Yes. So I've been yeah. <laughs> I've been leaning on that on FF now every week. All right. Let's talk about the, the two receivers here. And uh, as everybody who listens to the show knows, we just call them 49ers, right? They're a Niners. So, of course, you just play them. However... We are always looking for someone to crack the code of how things work. When do these two players hit at the same time? And Kevin Pulsifer may have cracked the code, he thinks. Yes? Not sure I've cracked the code, but here's just a little bit more background on that. Okay. Um, 20-point games from Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle this year. Debo did it in weeks 2, 3, and 12. Ayuk did it in weeks 1, 4, and 11. Okay. And Kittle did it in weeks 5, 8, 10, and 11. So, so only, only one, one game which where they've multiple both... Multiple of them had 20 points. That was week and, 11, you said? Yep. And, Debo, and all but two games, if somebody has gone for 20. And the two games where nobody did, Debo was out. And the offense kind of sputtered as a whole. Hmm. I would lean towards Ayuk. I think more of the downhill, downfield speed guys. We saw Gabe Davis and Justin Watson both get a ton of targets and a lot of yards last week, okay. last couple of weeks against the Eagles. So I would lean towards Ayuk. But, I mean, you can't count out a Debo from breaking one long. Uh, yeah, games. I was, I was going to say, I think this is a week where it could be both. Because of the reasons I just laid out, which is 
uh, this matchup. The Eagles have had the most touchdowns and fantasy points to receivers this season. 27.2 wide receiver targets per game is what they faced this season. That is easily highest in the NFL. Think about it. 27 targets just a wide receiver. So yeah. that's an easy for both guys to get to 10. They only throw to two receivers for the most part. Maybe a couple for Juwan Jennings, but right. it should be those two. And in the 11 games, 17 receivers have gotten to 16 fantasy points. That includes five sets of teammates Wow, as okay. well. So, so it has worked out. If there's a week where both of them are going to get there, this would be the one. All right. So Pulse makes the case for potentially a big IUC week. You make the case for potentially a big Debo week. Maybe both big weeks. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to Willie Sneed finishing the top 10 yeah, wide receiver this week for Ray, the 49ers. Ray McLeod. Right, Ray the McLeod. Is I guess Willie would have to be promoted I mean, jo- from the practice squad first. Juwan right? Jennings absolutely scored a touchdown. Third and Juwan. <laughs> He's a good player. He's going to find himself some he absolutely money is. in free good agency. Yeah, the mm-hmm. 49ers always have like good depth pieces that end up being really good players, not just for them, but for somebody else once they get a bigger role. Let's go to Devontae Smith, and he is back right now, Mike. Sure He's is. been awesome for the past month. A.J. Brown has been incredible all season, but remember, he had that six-game stretch with 125 or more receiving yards in every game. He has been quiet with under 75 yards in three straight games. How do you assess these two wide receivers and what we can't quite, what is not a great matchup, but because teams are often trailing against San Francisco, they've thrown the ball a ton, mm-hmm. so it looks like an okay matchup. Yeah, it's fine. Tenth most fantasy points to receiver. Yeah. So again, same thing. Teams have to throw against them. Their secondary has Jervarius Ward, who's awesome, but yeah. behind him at corner, definitely not uh, not great. I mean, they've yeah. made some moves, and I think it's been a little bit better, but still an area where I, where you can attack. Uh, my level of concern with AJ Brown is zero. Uh, yeah. Also, you know, you mentioned the down game he had against the Chiefs. He was shadowed by Legarius Need yeah. last week. Not a great game, but he still scored a touchdown at 14 and a half fantasy points and nine targets, right? Yeah. Like he's fine. So not worried about AJ Brown at all. Uh, Devontae Smith, you know, you look at his last four games, a touchdown, a, tu- a touchdown, 99 yards, a touchdown, 99 yards, 106 and a touchdown. Like, yeah, you're right. He, he's been back the last four games, 14 plus fantasy points in all of those games. Is this the highest we've had him ranked in probably a long time since the early yeah. part of the season? Yeah, I, I, I think it's safe to say he's back in the wide receiver two mix and we're playing him in this one he has now played seven games without dallas goddard over the past call it season and two-thirds because of mm-hmm. course we're now two-thirds of the way through this season he has eight targets in every single one of those games does aj does Devonte smith goddard has not practiced so far this week seems like a long shot to play on sunday do you want zach Ertz back in philadelphia absolutely okay yeah i uh i tweeted about that before the trade sure deadline, did, back in october that yeah. it would kind of make sense uh, did, did i make that did i also make an option like i feel like i said at one point like are we sure that zach Ertz isn't like released at some point down the stretch oh, yeah. just to I, go I didn't, yeah i didn't catch that but that makes sense yeah no i, I i'm we, probably did, just trying to steal your no, shine you right now that while driving into the pod yes that's, that's what it was things we think drive, about yes for sure. exactly yeah, so, yeah it makes uh, perfect sense especially with god or her but even if, even if you know even when goddard's back just having that presence of his Ertz is a two yeah uh, i mean look they don't really you're seeing it now they last week 25 percent of their plays had four receivers on the field yeah because they didn't want to put jack stole out there or alberto or or whoever so uh, they definitely have a need there in terms of tight end depth. Okay, last thought here on Zach Ertz before we move to uh, DeAndre Swift here. So when Zach Ertz was traded to Arizona, the idea was that Philadelphia was doing him a favor, right? Like give him a chance to go and compete once again for a championship, play for a team that was a true blue contender. Given the fact that the Eagles are the best team in the NFL and the Cardinals might be this, I mean, they're the second worst team in terms of record right now. And they're a very, very, very bad team right now. Doesn't it feel like that must have been like five years ago? Yeah, it really does. It was two years ago. That's unreal. Yeah, the league changes so fast. It's so fast. So I just I'm I'm saying that for all my friends out there that listen that root for the Cardinals or the Panthers or the Patriots or the Giants right oh, now, hope it's just around the corner. Look at you Houston. Just have to hit the picks. Yeah, look at Houston. They, Honestly, yeah, they you beat need anybody to, right now. You need to get a top two pick this year. Yeah, you need to get one of the top three pick. You need one of those two quarterbacks, guys. You need Drake May or K. Williams. I'm just telling you that right now. I'm saying that quietly because I know that it's hard for fans <laughs> whose teams are losing right now to take the lo- the losses every single week. But you need them. You need them. Uh-huh. Let's talk about DeAndre Swift here, Mike, because the 49ers have allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, mm-hmm. but. Is this a game in which that number might be a little bit deceiving for this reason? Part of the reason why San Francisco is allowing so few fantasy points to running backs is they are often bludgeoning opponents. You can't run because you pass. That's why we just talked about the passing metrics against that secondary in San Francisco. Could DeAndre Swift be just fine this week? I, I did move him down. He's RB 16. Okay. Uh, part of that is a lack of involvement in the passing game. Yep. As of late, three or fewer targets in five consecutive games. That is a concern, but he does have 15 plus touches in every game since week one. I mean, he didn't play much in week one since since week two kicked off 15 plus in every game, averaging 19 point games. So you're still starting them. 
but I don't uh, actually, I guess I'm 14th after I pulled out Thursday night football guys, but nonetheless, he should be in lineups, but I will say this about this game. They're like when I write the playbook, I, I fill out the lineup blocks yeah. and then I'm like, I'm going to write about a borderline guy, right? Or a storyline with this game. It was probably the hardest all year to, to come up with a topic that's of interest because everyone is a lineup block, both quarterbacks, the top two running backs and no other running Defense. backs. All the receipt that would be that would be the only one. I don't really write them up. But yeah, uh, no tight ends for Are Philly. Obviously, either defense. Are you benching? Yeah, yeah. Benching I, I would not start either one. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, any thoughts on Jake Moody and Jake Elliott? Play them. Uh, I that? would say, yeah. Board, uh, Elliot, yes. Moody's close. Okay. Borderline, yeah. uh, Moody Hunter, could get there one day, but Elliot, what a legend that guy is. 59-yard yeah. oh, so boom good. last week what to help find. Philly to the win. All right, coming up in just a minute, we'll talk about Zach Moss and the new Indianapolis backfield. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Field Yates, Mike Clay, Kevin Pulse for previewing week 13. Huge, huge week on tap, the second to last week of the fantasy football regular season. We had this conversation earlier on in the week. We don't need to redo the entirety of it, Mike. We both have Zach Moss now inside our top eight with Thursday night players removed for running backs. Mm -hmm. What are your expectations for the guy that earlier this year was Jonathan Taylor-like? Yeah, I, it's just easy to look back. This It's nice that we have this sample of a month, weeks two to five, where yeah. Taylor was out or limited, and the volume was massive. 24 and a half targets, 129 yards, and 21.4 fantasy points per game. Had four touchdowns in those four games. He was playing really well. I mean, yeah. almost five yards per carry. This is a guy that actually has run the ball really well the last three seasons. The yeah. sample size wasn't huge, but uh, especially starting late last season, he was really effective. They're giving him the volume. He's playing at a high level. He was delivering as a mid-range RB1. I don't see any reason to be concerned here. And by the way, the best game of his entire career came earlier this season against this Titans defense. And I know they've been decent uh, against running backs overall this season, yeah. but over the last few weeks, Chuba Hubbard and Rashad White both had huge games against him, 20-plus points. So as far as I'm concerned, it's right back to where we were the first month of the season. Zach Moss is a certified lineup lock in RB1. I've got a league in which I have Josh Allen as my starting quarterback. It's a six-point passing touchdown league, and it has significant bonuses for various yardage markers that Josh Allen is extremely well-equipped to hit. Mm -hmm. Him being on a bye this week had my team feeling a little bit sad. I had Zach Moss on my bench. Talk about a little punch to add to your lineup out of nowhere yeah. earlier on in the week. And by the way... And I'm going to curse them right now, but the Colts offense is so saturated this year. It's the running game. Mm -hmm. And then it's the two wide receivers yes, for a team that has really reasonable depth at tight end. They hardly use those guys. Kylie Granson, Mo Ali yeah. Cox. It's just like, you know, no one has a big day out of those guys. Mm -hmm. And part because the two receivers they have continue to be awesome. Correct, that, of yeah. course, is Michael Pittman Jr., who has just two touchdowns this year, but feels like he is due. And Josh Downs, who both Mike and I have as wide receiver 27. And Kevin Pulsifer has something on Josh Downs. So uh, he's played five healthy games with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, and he's averaging 9.6 targets per game wow. in those games. Yeah. 14.8 fantasy points per game. Yeah. Poor, poor uh, Alec Pierce. He's just like, he's just MVS now. And he, he is. Runs, yeah. Stays on the perimeter. He, play, he plays like the most snaps every week of yeah. the receivers. <laughs> you just don't throw to him. You can ignore the box scores the last couple of games. He was hurt. He got under 25% of the snaps, only one in three targets. So don't uh, look past that. He's done well against Cleveland. He's done well against Baltimore. He's done well against the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so Downs had 13 targets last week, but those Pretty two high. games Pulse was referencing were before that. That was one. He got hurt after one catch for 10 yards, and then he played against the Patriots in Germany, two catches for, I think, 30 yards, but I just had under 25% of the snaps. Really good find, really good player, and most of the targets in the passing game are going to those two receivers specifically. Yeah, and the Titans are, you would think, the opposite, right? They're struggling. They're losing a lot. You would think they would be you know, receivers one haven't much volume against yeah. them. They've had the six most fantasy points to receivers. They've had all kinds of issues, whether it's been injury or performance in that secondary. So uh, it's a good matchup as well. Colts, impressive team. Very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive work by Shane Steichen so far this season. Yeah, like it seems yeah. like uh, they know what they're doing over there in Philadelphia mm -hmm. with that coaching staff, which, of course, Shane Steichen was previously on. The Dolphins, we think, are going to have Devon Achan back this weekend. Mike, uh, of course, Achan uh, came back from IR. I think it's banged up again. Missed Black Friday game. Should play on Sunday against the Commanders. That means that he and Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. will all be available. So just sort of rank those three and maybe along with those rankings, how much confidence you have in starting them. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I think we agree. HN little risk. You know, we had the setback in the first snap last game. Um, but we all you're like, if you have him on your team and he's active, like what we saw earlier this year, how do you bench him? You don't. And what's funny about that is 
he has one career game with more than 12 touches. And it's he's it's already anointed, right? So we don't know for sure what this guy's going to be going forward. You know, the knock on him was that he was a bit undersized. And obviously, he's dealt with durability issues here, and they have other backs to use. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I have him ranked 18th. If I have him on my roster, I'm going to start him. Ray Mostert, I don't know if I would necessarily. I'm really nervous about it. I know he's had a lot of volume the last two weeks, but HM was out and uh, Jeff Wilson was inactive for one of them games. And Salvin, uh, Savan Ahmed got hurt in one of those games. So I'm not buying too into that. Uh, not seeing much volume in the passing game too, which is a killer. Four targets in his last five games. So I would say HM, locking him in. Mostert, flex option. Six teams are on a buy. It helps us cause a little bit. Jeff Wilson Jr., fine for your bench, but not a guy that I'm necessarily starting. Yeah, HN number 19 and 18 for us in terms of running back ranks, respectively. 23 for me for Raheem Mostert, 25 for Mike on Mostert, and then Wilson hovering around RB48 in our consensus ranks. Mostert does make me nervous as well. He's been so, so good this year, and he feels like, you know, the best value in fantasy football right there in the conversation that, like, I shouldn't be disappointed if he has a quiet game on Sunday because he's just been unbelievable. But I'm still a little nervous. It's touchdown or bust. Yeah. If a chance healthy, it's touchdown or bust. Does yep. he score one, maybe two touchdowns? He has that in him, yeah. which is a, more than a lot of other running backs can say, but there's a real chance he has nine carries, one target, and doesn't score, and you're just going to be really upset with yourself. Off-the-cuff question here. Could this be a Terry McLaurin Sunday? Against Miami? I mean, if they're trailing, yeah. That, we know. I mean, I know. Washington chucks the ball around first and pass attempts and completions up there in yards. Passing yards first, yeah. But then again, that's been the case all year long, and he's been all over the map. So, I, I mean, really good perimeter corners, obviously, Ramsey and Howard. No, so I'm just trying uh, to make it happen. Honestly, I, I don't, I don't right. have that much. I have McLaurin and only the Scott Fishbowl where we're in the playoffs now. So it's like I don't have a ton of investment in him, but I'm just trying to make it happen. Yeah, can we get like a big a couple big plays from Terry McLaurin instead of Brian Robinson in the passing game. No, I'll take that. Here? I'll take Brian Robinson. <laughs> take Don't worry. I'll take that part. Yeah, I have but no they're issue actually, with Brian Robinson. I mean, they're kind of spreading it around to a lot of guys. Curtis Samuel yeah. had his most targets last week than he's had in, in since 2009. Nine catches, 100 two, yards for Curtis Samuel. So yeah. they're... Uh, 2019, there it yeah, is. Yeah, unbelievable. So they're uh, last... There's uh, one receiver out of Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and... Curtis Samuel that has yet to reach 100 yards in a game this season. Oh, and it's Terry McLaurin, McLaurin yeah. of course. Uh, of course. Uh, Monday Night Football on air, our airwaves. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars play Jake Browning and the Bengals. Has a little bit less sizzle than it would <laughs> if Joe Burrow were still healthy, but not going to stop us from watching this game on Sunday. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence here, Mike, and it's specific to this week, but also specific to going forward. I keep mm-hmm. asking you, like, when you have a player with this much natural talent, one game can prove to be the trigger that like unlocks the player's potential going forward. Have you reached that point with Trevor Lawrence after back-to-back monster games? Not not yet. I want to see it through the air. Okay. Uh, the last uh, two games, he has three rushing touchdowns, only 17 yards. So yeah. that tells me it's a little bit fluky. Uh, I need more consistent production passing through the air 12 passing touchdowns in 11 games it's not yeah. good enough so yeah he's had two decent games the last few weeks two weeks ago was the number one scoring quarterback this past week was sixth but his best finish was eighth before that and his best two his only top tens were against the Colts yeah. so uh, I'm not there yet uh, going forward but this week again six teams on a bye playing Cincinnati decent defense enough that they're gonna it should be competitive we I mean they're eight point favorites so maybe not but I think they he should be able to do enough damage to be a starting option this yeah. week, which is why we have him QB seven, but I'm not sure yet that he's a guy we're going to feel good about his upside going forward. We just haven't seen it enough this year. Yeah. Crazy enough for Trevor Lawrence over the past two weeks, he has just 17 rushing yards, right. except he has 9.85 points per game on the ground. Cause he has three rushing touchdowns right. over the past right. two games. So uh, three rushing touchdowns on a total of seven carries. That I think is part of the reason why, if you're not totally convinced, it's just the idea that that, consistency in the passing game, I'm sorry, in the running game is not going to prevail week after week after week, especially if Travis Etienne is good to go on Monday night. By the way, you've, you've spent a lot of time watching, you know, tape now yeah. of college prospects. What's your eye test telling you on Jake Browning after a game? Uh, where you, where uh, I'm concerned. Yeah. Concerned. I mean, just like the overall wellness of that offense. I think it was yesterday we had this conversation with Tyler. So I apologize if, uh, if, if it sounds redundant to some, but yeah, like, Everybody, I don't do the projections, obviously, but if the Bengals were averaging like 2.75 touchdowns per game, probably more than that with Joe Burrow, three. Like I think it, it was lower this year, but okay. I, yeah, it started to pick up as you know they had the slow start. To we're the talking game. a full touchdown discount. Like yeah, the fact that correct, two yeah. of Jamar Chase's catches last week out of four came on tipped passes, mm-hmm. I'm very concerned. Yeah, very, that, very That makes concerned. you concerning for the other guys. Like we're not starting Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins is borderline. Tyler I don't know. He was 31 this week. 
What's that? I have his wide receiver. Yeah, that's around where I have him as well. I chase. You have to start, but mixing and chase, you're starting, and that's it. I'm, but I'm, I'm with you. Higgins has two or fewer catches in four of his seven games played yeah. this season. So even yeah, taking away Jake bust. Browning and the health, even prior to that, he had been very boom bust. 49ers vibes from yeah. Higgins yes. going forward. Where he can't bench him, but yeah. free agent this offseason. I wonder if he wishes his season were going better, given the fact yeah. that he is just what five months away from being on the open market. Four months away, actually, to be more specific. Um, so Zay Jones is going to be active on Monday night. So Calvin Ridley, wide receiver one, right? Obviously, yeah. yeah. We're we're starting him. I feel better about him than Kirk right now, honestly. Yeah, no, uh, Ridley's been out playing him, and yeah, well, Kirk's targets have been down when uh, when Z Jones has played. That's an another trend that goes along with Ridley playing better. Yeah, I mean, and also like with Kirk, it's kind of it is what it is, right? Like you kind of know, like it's it's not a huge ceiling, right? I mean, like he'll have the occasional hundred yard plus touchdown game, but more often than not with Christian Kirk, it's like five to seven targets for fifty to seventy receiving right. yards. All right, more thoughts, including. The new look Pittsburgh Steelers offense. We roll along here on Fantasy Focus, Field Yates and Mike Clay. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Week 13 preview. Field Yates, Mike Clay, Kevin Pulsa for hanging out with you to get you set for Week 13. And let's talk about that Steelers offense as, wait, they had over 400 yards in a game last week? What? Wait, they actually got utilization out of Pat Fryermuth, a second round pick just a few years ago? who had more receiving yards than any player in the entire NFL last week. Weird what happens when you actually that? let your guys cook. When was our last 400-yard game? Uh, it had been 2018, December of 2018. 2018. So almost five years since they had 400 total yards in a game, or at least, you know what, let me rephrase that. It had been almost five years since they had 421, which is what they had mm-hmm. last week. So there might have been a couple 400-yard games, but not 421 421 yard games over the past five years. Uh, but Mike, I thought that um, like the Pat Farmuth utilization last week, I thought was concerted. Like I thought it was a concerted effort to play to the strengths of the quarterback a little bit more, mm-hmm. which is not exactly like just exclusively targeting the perimeter. If anybody here looked, looked at uh, Pat, uh, sorry, Kenny, Kenny Pickett's uh, passing chart. Uh, via next-gen stats after the game last Sunday. It looked like the entirely different thing than what he had been for the full season, kind of spraying the ball around the yard as opposed to just like deep to, De- deep to Deontay Johnson on one side or deep to George Pickens on the other side here. Do you agree with the idea that Pat Farmer's uh, usage was intentional? And it might be like not sustainable to the tune of nine catches for 120 yards, but to tight end one utilization. Yeah, I was going to say somewhere in between where he's yeah. well... Uh, I would say probably back to where he was last year is right. what we should expect going forward. So, yeah, I think it was intentional. They came out quick, right? It wasn't yep. like this was scattered throughout. I mean, it's, eventually it was, but they came out firing early on and got him the ball. He got off to a really hard, hot start in this game. But you're right. Career highs and catches and yards. So you expect him to come back to earth. But here's the thing. He had nine for 120 in this game. His first five games this year, nine for 60. Yeah, crazy. So just nine for 120. So the same number of catches. And twice as many yards in one game. In one game. Yeah. Granted, he had been on IR and missed some time. That is a wild stat, though, remember, for Brad Frymouth. He was tight end seven last year in fantasy points and yeah. only had two touchdowns. Yeah. So if they really get it's him like going. Like catches the, last year, right? Yeah. If, the tar- if they get the targets going here consistently and he scores, you would expect touchdowns to regress to the mean a little bit, be a little bit better. This is a guy that certainly can be a mid-range tight end one going forward. If I forget to ask you guys about a regression candidate in about 45 seconds, once we finish with the Steelers wide receivers, please remind me. But the Steelers wide receivers are in a great spot this weekend, Mike. Oh, yeah. Arizona, uh, third most fantasy points to the perimeter. Yep. And that's where the big two here in uh, in Pittsburgh play primarily Johnson's 80%. I believe Pickens is 87%. So they're both outside uh, Arizona, all kinds of issues at corner Antonio Hamilton, who's fine serviceable NFL corner, not a one. Uh, he was out last week. Marco yep. Wilson has been their number one all year. He was benched last week. Mm. So they have all not kinds ideal. of issues. Yeah. So they're already struggling. And now you have the, the injury. You have the guy getting benched. They're just, they're trying to figure this out and they're trying to young, some young guys out, which makes sense. But this is a spot where it's, Right for the picking for the uh, the Steelers passing game. We like every Steeler this week. Other than maybe Kenny Pickett yeah. because he hasn't proven himself to have a high ceiling as a fantasy quarterback. But we like the two wide receivers, Pat Firemuth, and the two running backs. That's five startable Steelers given the matchup against Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I've Johnson ranked as a starter for sure. Pickens closer down, closer to 40. But I mean, if this is the week to use him. If you're going to, if, if you're, you're going to fire him up yeah, as a flex. Yeah. This Press is it. to yeah. use a player. This would be the week to use George Pickens. And last week... George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Farmuth combined for 73% of the targets for Pittsburgh. So, like, 
they're throwing it at least to the right guys. That part was a step forward under this new offensive coordinator arrangement. Yeah. All right, regression candidate time. I've said this before, but I'll mention it again because we are now getting closer and closer to it. Evan Ingram, still no touchdown catches this season. Will he catch a touchdown pass this year? This year? This year. Yes. He will. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned it. Part of the reason is bad luck, obviously, but they have, they're averaging just a, basically one passing touchdown per game this season. Yeah. So they haven't really gotten him, but one. yeah, it's been, it's fluky. Yeah. How many catches so far for impulse? Do you know? Um, Let's look at Evan Ingram's total number of catches this season. And he, by the way, he's never really been good in this department. I, I, think, I believe his career high was just a rookie win. Yeah. Remember there were injuries. Yeah, like where, 10? When's the last time the Giants are good receivers? Like Toxico Burris era. Yeah. Like it's yeah. been Hakeem Nix, like yeah. Mar- Mario Manningham. They had good depth, uh, but that year they had, Everyone was hurt. There was that game in Denver where he was their number one receiver. Yep. He had a bunch of touchdowns that year. Since then, he hasn't been uh, great in that category. What do we got? 64 catches this year, no it's, touchdowns. It's 11 also, games? Though, it, it's a little bit of luck, but he also saw his first end zone target of the season yeah. last week. Okay, yeah. so 11 games played so far. 64 divided by 11 is just under 6. 5.8. 5.8. Do that math times 17. That gets us to about 100 catches this season. Deontay Johnson was at 85 last year. That was the most catches most catches ever without a touchdown reception. Evan Ingram might be breaking history. One. They're going to get him one. What would you do if you were Deontay Johnson and Evan Ingram <laughs> breaks your record one year later? Like, would know. you is send that not, him? Is that that prestigious award? I don't know. No, I'd be like, dude, thank you. Like, I will, I will buy you a Benz for doing that. A Benz? I don't know. Deontay makes 19 million bucks a year. He can probably right. afford a Benz right. for Fair enough. I don't know. It's not right. like us. We're just fantasy football analysts. I mean, you were, you were talking about wide receivers. I'll take a Benz. I, I drive a Jeep. I have a very mundane <laughs> car. I'm not I'm not one to talk about cars very much. Um, let's talk about the uh, Saints wide receivers and maybe even the tight ends more specifically. Yeah. Could it be that Jawan Johnson and Taysom Hill go off this weekend? I think Johnson is a good streamer. Again, six teams on a bye. We have yeah. some injuries to position. We're still keeping up. I am a guy like Trey McBride. Who yeah. We don't know if he's going to go. So there's a couple of question marks. Uh, Johnson is out there on waivers in a lot of leagues. Yeah. And if you're in that situation where you have someone like McBride, you scoop up Jawan Johnson and, and give yourself a, a chance, at least this week. Last week, a season high, seven targets and 45 yards. Uh, the touchdowns haven't been there, but he also is out for a big span of the season with injuries, healthy now. And there was a lot of Jawan Johnson hype in the offseason that like the connection with Derek Carr was great and he was going to have a career year. And I know sometimes that's that's coach speak, but, you know, I reach out to, to some people that cover the team and to check in on that. Um, and they were like, no, it's real. So maybe, maybe he gets going. Maybe this guy gets on a heater and is tight end seven the rest of the season. I, I think it's possible uh, for a couple of reasons to what I just laid out, but also like you said, the injuries here, I mean, they certainly are going to be without two of their top three receivers in this game. Yep. And Chris Olave, we'll see. He's at practice, yeah. but he's, he's iffy for sure. Uh, but I do expect the switch to be more targets to the tight ends, whether it's Taysom Hill. And certainly I think Jawan Johnson will be featured regardless. This week. There may be another niche Twitter account in the makings here. A coach speak index, which if you don't follow it already, yeah, follow you that, should yeah. be. It's very useful. It's, it's actually incredibly well researched by Greg who runs the account and like helps you like it legitimately informs you of decisions based off of how coaches are addressing players or answering questions. You name it. There might be a second niche here of just tracking all the stuff said during the off season and then how it actually pans out during the season ahead. Cause you're right. I mean, the Juwan Johnson buzz was legit and the team signed under this two year, $13 million extension as a restricted free agent. You were like, Whoa, and he's been fine. Yeah. But again, he missed a huge chunk of the season. Totally, like how yeah. healthy has he been? He got hurt like immediately disappeared for the I'm just saying, six like, weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. So I hear you. But it, again, if he's healthy now, wouldn't surprise me if he got rolling the rest of the season. Uh, I've got him as tight end 11. I have Taysom Hill as tight end eight because, you know, Hill's going to get some sort of funky utilization this yeah, week. Remember, he didn't get, you know, he's kind of flown under the radar the last couple of weeks, but 81 yards last week. Yeah. Like he, nine uh, touches again. He's of course, averaged seven Hill. and a half a game. He's doing his thing. Uh, Rasheed Rice had his breakout game last week. Mike, he had eight catches, 10 targets, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Does that mean because of one good game, we automatically trust Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs? When's the last time you trusted a Chiefs receiver? Like Ty- when Tyreek Hill was there? Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, no, I don't I don't trust him, but yeah. would I start him with six teams out? I keep using that, but that's the case this week. He's 33rd on my He was 33rd going into Thursday night football. So I would start him. Uh, part of it, too, is because last week we did see a little bit of a boost forward in playing time, his second highest snap share, but more importantly, when he was on the field, they were featuring him. They were trying to get him the ball career uh, high in targets, catches, and yards last week. Uh, also, he has exactly one touchdown in three of his last five games. So he's still, you know, in a good offense. You have opportunities to find the end zone, and that has been the case. So 
yeah, I think he's a wide receiver three, or we'll say a borderline wide receiver three, but trust uh, is uh, it's something that used to be said on this pot a lot. Trust is, is a, a strong, is word. A strong word. I've got a wide receiver 28. I got a feeling here, a good feeling here on Rasheed Rice. This is kind of a fun stat or a sad stat, depending on which part of it you're looking at. But Rasheed Rice is ninth in the NFL in yards per route run. 2.62. That's good. Good company, That's right? Great. The likes of Tyree Kale, Brandon Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Nico Collins, C.D. Lamb, Keenan Allen, Monroe St. Brown. Poor Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Oh, no. 0.87 yards per route run. I bet you Alec Pierce is down there. You got, yeah. you got guys like that, yeah. These are the, uh, like, snaps, what do they call them like, though? Like the cardio kids, right? They just, yeah, they yeah, just yeah. run up mm-hmm. and back and up and back and hopefully create mm-hmm. space for other players within the offense. Same game, Mike. Do you think Jordan Love is streamable? I have him QB 12 going again, going into Thursday night. So okay. I probably not, you know, the yeah. chiefs are winning a lot because of their defense this year. They've been terrific on that side of the ball. Eighth fewest fantasy puts a quarterback. They still lead off and you have to throw against them. So it's not like they're, you know, third fewest. Uh, he's passable as a streaming option, but again, he has not had a lot of good games. He spiked a little bit to start the season. He was QB five last week, but ninth. keep this in mind, keep this in mind fifth last week, ninth or lower seven straight weeks. Uh, prior that so ninth was the best for seven straight weeks so uh I, not necessarily i'm not i'm not really buying it i was going to ask you about Jaden reed but he does sound very iffy to play yeah. back-to-back dnps during practice for Jaden reed he has a chest issue mm-hmm. assuming he is available he would be limited i would think can you trust him i know he said a strong word but yeah it's it, yeah because he's been good lately and they're handing him the football as well yeah, so he's like probably he could get five six seven touches uh, I think the guy I'm looking at, though, and this one is Romeo Dobbs. Ooh. I think he's the better, the maybe the best play of their receiver. Certainly Explain. close. Uh, Christian Watson's going to, I think, draw Legereus Sneed. We talked about that earlier this yep. week. I think, uh, you know, Sneed is shattered in 10 straight. I think we all agree Watson, the top perimeter receiver for the, the Packers, and they kind of tipped that off on Thanksgiving yep. when they tried to feature him. So I think Sneed will be on him, and that's going to open up the other side of the field, which has been a plus matchup for re- number two receivers, Romeo Dobbs, up against Jalen Watson. So he's a name to watch, and he's you know he hasn't been great in terms of volume, but the touchdowns have been there for Dobbs here or there, so uh, a good spot for him. Wouldn't it be funny if the Chiefs decided to deploy LeJarius Sneed on like Octavian Wicks? That would be an, the ultimate insult to Christian Watson. Oh, my God. It would be so bad. You know, That's what he needs to get his career going. The only thing about Christian Watson, though, that's different between him and a lot of the top receivers is that he's like a pure speed guy, right? Which I get it. Like, I guess Tyreek Hill would fall into that same category, but Hill does so much as well. So, you know what? Retract that statement. I expect Christian. I mean, not that I was actually expecting Dontavian Wicks, but... Uh, I would be surprised now if they don't shadow. Christian yeah, I Watson. think if yeah, the game I would point to because a lot of times he is shadowing number clear number ones like Devonte Adams, AJ Brown, guys yeah. like that. But the game I would point to is the Chargers where there was no Mike Williams. Keenan Allen was in the slot, so he doesn't get shadowed by ones. But they they shadowed Josh uh, Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer with him. Yeah, and he so that's kind of a tip off. He that, cooked. Yeah, Palmer actually had, had a good eight game. for one hundred eleven yards. He was I like, mean, you know what? Compared to the guys I've been covering, I'm just going to take it easy. This well, week. yeah, he and, was. Like prep wise that week, he was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this compared to the other guys, yeah. I mean, there's maybe something to that because you know, like Marshawn Lattimore, how he shows up for Mike Evans and other superstars, and then he gets like toasted against like average competition. So we see it yeah. every week in the NFL, Mike. Yeah, the Chargers' defense is wretched, and how do they play last week against an awesome Baltimore team? Very good. Yeah. Meanwhile, Baltimore has been guilty of at times playing down to opponents and then playing up to the oh big boys. The, I've been watching the Eagles all year. The commanders me? are their yeah. most difficult opponent. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Packers just in general, though, like there's no the, the turkey part is that the matchup in this week just makes it very unclear. Like who is the obvious must start at any position? Someone's going to yeah. have a good game. But mm-hmm. with A.J. Dillon likely starting for Aaron Jones. You don't feel great about that nope. one. Jordan Love, as you just laid out, wide receivers. There's so many of them. Like, it's just a tough time to figure out exactly who you should be starting. Yeah, by the way, if Jaden reads out your, and Dontavian Wicks returns, he'll play Malik Heath will be involved. Like, they have other guys, and they like to rotate them. They like to spread the ball out. That has been a reason for their success, I think, over the last month. Yeah. As they've improved, it's just spreading it around Now there's no Luke Musgraves. That's one guy kind of out the door. They yep. didn't really feature the tight ends last week. But, yeah, they're going to – a lot of guys are going to get their – their hands on the ball in in this game, which again lacks, you know, it hurts your upside. It's, it's like very Chiefs like, you know, yeah. in that regard. These two teams, spread it around, spread these, it, spread it around. These two teams playing each other, like yeah, pick your poison, a wide receiver. Yeah. All right, Drake London's our last topic here in this block, Mike. He, of course, of the Falcons plays against the Jets on Sunday. What do you make of the opportunity here for Drake London 
I sort of feel like, I mean, is there a fantasy matchup that feels on paper more like a punt than this one? Mm -hmm. A wide receiver who plays in such a run-heavy offense and sporadically is targeted against the stingiest pass defense in the entire NFL. Yeah, so I'm going to say some bad things here, and then I will give you some reason for hope. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, so I do have him ranked really low. Certainly, if you can bench him, it's fine to do against Jets. But uh, five for 91 last week. Pretty good game for him, but he's had 55 or fewer yards, uh, 55 or fewer yards the prior uh, three games. Only three top 25s this year. <sighs> One finish better than 19. <sighs> that was a fifth all the way back in week six. So he hasn't had much upside, first of all. Six and a half targets per game. Only two touchdowns in the season. A lot of negative things. And of course, you're playing the Jets. Second fewest fantasy points to receivers. Yep. Uh, fewest to the perimeter. Here's the reason why there's some sliver of hope if you if you want to start him this week. The Jets past defense has shown some cracks over the last few weeks. We've okay. seen 14 plus points from Tyreek, Khalil Shakir, Jalen Waddle, Keenan Allen, and Devontae Adams. Over the last four games, all those guys got to 14 points. So you know, get 14 out of London as your flex. That's not terrible. Not at all. Also, a little bit of a switch here from Atlanta. Drake London playing in the slot a lot more over the last Ooh. couple of weeks, which means you avoid those two excellent uh, Sauce Gardner and yeah. DJ Reed, which is not a doesn't make for an easy matchup. But Michael Carter's actually been dealing with an injury, so uh, it has you know been okay in the slot, but it's a better matchup than playing on the perimeter. So I expect them to continue to do that in this game and try to get the ball in his hands. This is why Mike Clay is unparalleled with his insight, dropping knowledge about Drake London's alignments over the past few weeks. Nobody better. We have Drake London as wide receiver 36 for me, 35 for Mike Clay. Again, one last reminder, Thursday night football players already removed and six teams on a bye. More fantasy focus in just a moment coming up next. All right, we're back here on Fantasy Focus. Field Yates, Mike Clay, and Kevin Paulson. We're getting you ready for week 13. And Mike, you've got your eyes on some ways to help people make some money. What do you got? Let's go. We got a parlay for this week, week 13, and we're going to scatter it across a whole bunch of games. So uh, here's what we got. Najee Harris over 12 and a half rushing attempts. This one feels like a layup, right, in this great matchup against Arizona. Look, he's been over this in seven 11 of 11 games, including nine of his uh, excuse me, seven of his last nine. And guess which team has faced the most running back carries this season at 27.1 per game. It is the Arizona Cardinals. So like that one, uh, we're going Curtis Samuel over three and a half catches. He has four plus catches in seven of 11 games this season. That includes five straight uh, in a row, you know, five in a row before he had that injury in week eight. He also had nine catches on 12 targets last week. Uh, Washington leads the NFL in pass attempts. So that's a good one as well. And a great matchup against Miami. Third most catches allowed to receivers this season like that one. And I like Christian McCaffrey. I teased this one earlier in the show under 17 and a half rushing attempts. He's averaging right at 17 and a half per game, but he hasn't really been hitting this mark as of late. He's hit it in only two of his last six games. And of course, check this out. The Eagles are facing 16.7 running back carries per game this season. This number is above what they're facing on average the entire season. Uh, this year, only one running back has hit uh, 16 carries against the Eagles. That was Isaiah Pacheco earlier this season. So I like this one, I like this uh, three-part parlay. Uh, a reminder, download the ESPN Bet app. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, great stuff right there from Mike, as always. Time now for us to wrap up the show in the same way we do every Friday, Mike, which is a look at our starts of the week. I feel like you've kind of already mentioned this one during the week, but let's revisit the Jalen Warren well. Uh, yeah, we're going to do this. I just talked up Najee Harris yeah, as well, so let's go with the other yeah. running back. We like them both this week, yep. okay? So uh, I like Jalen Warren. That is my start of the week going up against Arizona. 16 touches, 62 yards last week. Uh, his prior two games, he had 100-plus scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. That was in actually three straight games prior to last week. He hasn't gotten to 17 touches per game. We know the ceiling is kind of limited, probably not going to get to 20, but the matchup is just too good here. Arizona, second most yards, touchdowns, and fantasy points to running backs. And how'd they do last week? Uh, not bad. Chase? No, not good. Uh, Kyra, I mean, Kyra, Kyra Williams, Williams had like 39 yeah, points. 38 yeah. fantasy points yeah, allowed. Pretty good. Uh, I think there's room for both of these guys to uh, to crush it in this game. Yeah. Both could start of the week. Start them. All right. My start of the week is Adam Thielen for the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers, of course, play the Buccaneers, the Bucks, who have been uh, not good against pass at all this season. They have actually been second in terms of yielding receiving yards to opposing wide receivers this season. Meanwhile, their offense is pretty darn good. The Panthers, as we know, play from behind all the time. And people are kind of off the scent a little bit with Adam Thielen this week after one catch for three yards last week. Well, 
in the in the five games prior to last week, Adam Thielen had 10 or more targets in four of them. The volume is still very, very good for Adam Thielen. Even if the touchdown production has tailed off from the beginning of the season in which he was just carrying lineups, still too good of an opportunity against a difficult, a bad secondary in a matchup in which they should be trailing because they're one in 10. They're always trailing. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, and it's easy to. It feels like he's in a slump, but he had a big game two weeks ago. Yeah, week 11, huge, 15 plus fantasy points in that one. Uh, by the way, Buccaneers, you mentioned their struggles against the pass. Also, second most fantasy points allowed to the slot. They have a rookie playing in the slot. That's yeah. where Thielen is 73 percent of the time. So I'm with you. This is a good spot for him. There we go. Mike Clay agrees. Makes you feel even better about it. Uh, last thing here, Mike, before we say goodbye. Um, like, did, did you happen to catch any of Tyler's appearance yesterday? I sure did. I watched and? the pod. I watched him on uh, Triple G as well. Yeah, I've got Thoughts? a lot of Tyler content over the last couple yeah. of days. I don't know if that's good did, or bad. Did he do okay? You can be honest. No one's uh, you know what? He did great. Wow. He did, he did great. Bad. Yeah, Mike he, did, Clay. he did a great job. Um, I mean, look, here's the thing. I texted him after the show and I said, you know, it's mid-December. What is it? We're in December now? December 1st now, yeah. December 1st now. I mean, I can get a head start on vacation. I could use a month off, right? Take some time. Go All out, right, Tyler. We'll see you next south. week. Yeah, if he wants to sit it, I mean, that's okay. No, he's, uh, look, I'm just saying nice things so he cooks for me. I, love I know, food. I was going <laughs> to say, I know. We really need uh, to work did, him into our He did a great job graces. on that show. I was impressed. I mean, he went up against people who are like, cooking for their career like yeah. on so like you look at them on social it's all cooking all day like he's a full-time job right. on top of this and he hung in he did, he did a great job well done Tal. Look, you he, invited back he's finding his way to my heart with food. i know he that's is how, well, that's now that trick. you guys live in the same area you're gonna have to become more amicable after kind of a frosty <laughs> dynamic there for a that's couple right. of years on fantasy football now which by the way airs sunday 10 a.m eastern time on espn to everything that you need to know to get your lineup set Can't wait. for week 13 we got all kinds of injury updates daily fantasy thoughts We've got long shots. We've got rankings, reporters, and most importantly, red zone. Dad Joe. Dad Joe coming your way via Mike Clay, the man who can tell them like nobody else can. Great stuff from Kevin Pulsifer, Mike Clay. I'm Field Yates. We'll see you guys on Monday right here on Fantasy Focus. She's got a smile. That'll melt your heart She's always there To lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge Is just the start Her skills Are highly in demand She's our Bay Area lady Out there hustling for us With advice That we really trust She's your favorite gal She's the fun you pick